we come in on the interior of the troth ship that you have been helping to limp along for the last few days. The ship is in less disarray than it was the last time we saw it. Its crew are back on duty to a certain degree anyway, those that can be. It's no longer on just emergency power. And throughout the ship, access panels in various places have been opened to reveal the vine or branch-like conduits, for lack of a better term, that form the ship's entire power system. In their engine bay, there is still the column of interlaced vines and stuff in the middle, and a sort of vague background hum, not unlike the standard engine noise of a Starfleet vessel, but with a bit of a different tenor, at least. A handful of Starfleet officers are also still aboard the ship, and along some of the bare branches, we see what looks like clearly Starfleet tech attached to them. So we see Captain Varel and Lieutenant Kai aboard the Troth ship, probably monitoring the devices that Kai and Locke put together to help keep the Troth ship fed, I guess, uh, until you reach the nebula that you're told will help it rejuvenate itself more completely. So, Christine, it probably makes sense to get a sense of how solid this work has gone the last couple days. So if you would like to give me a... I guess on Kai's part, it's mostly about figuring out how to make your replicator tech create the exotic matter Mm -hmm. that was needed. So let's say it's a reason science. Okay. That's uh, that's my jam. I'll eat it. Yep. This is some pretty complicated stuff molecular wise. So it's not a small thing to make the replicators do it. So let's say that the difficulty here is a three. Okay. Does this qualify as xenobotany since we are trying to find particles to help out this plant? Yeah, sure. Okay. In that case, testing a theory and theory into practice come into play. Am I still overwhelmed now that we've uh, time jumped? I guess, uh, let me rephrase, now that a few days have passed, time jumped could be something completely yeah, yeah. different in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll say that Kai has gotten things kind of more under control again. Okay. Is this something that uh, Dr. Harkrow would be helping back on the Endeavor over systems running through that? Potentially. In both Endeavor and the Troth ship also would have injured. So it's possible Dr. Harcrow is a little tied up with dealing with casualties. Okay, that's fine. Uh, are you going to ask for any assistance? Of course, Captain. You're over there. You're trying to have a hand in this thing, right? Verity, you're over there just trying to find new things to make alcohol out of. <laughs> so so, so, so what's, your, uh, what's your reason science like, Nicole? My reason is eight... No, it's seven. Hang on, I bumped that down to seven, didn't I? That sounds true. I think I did. No, I think it's it's your insight that you tanked. Oh, yeah, okay. Because we kind of realized Verity's um, not good with people. <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> Sometimes crosses lines. Uh, my reason is an eight and my science is a two. I was going to actually argue for engineering in this case. Yeah, sure. 
So in which case that is now a four. So one success. So then in total, we're going to have five successes, Brandon. Okay. Because I rolled a, a three and I currently have Xenobotany as my walking encyclopedia focus. A 12 and a 15 where my target number is 16. But then my fourth die, the one I spent momentum on, never doing that again. I rolled a 19, which because of walking encyclopedia, that increases my complication range by one. (laughs) So it's a complication. Okay. I can't re-roll because I use momentum instead of giving you threat. Delightful. Okay, well, the good news is that you have refined your solution uh, quite well over the last few days. The ship's replicator tech is able to handle doing exactly what you need it to. Mm Mm-hmm even though this is a very complex molecule of, of exotic matter, it's having no trouble giving the ship what it needs to survive for the trip. Okay. However, you have started to pick up indications that some of the power regulation in their ship seems to be less stable than it was on its own. Okay. I mean, right now it's the it's the choice between it working and not working at all. But yeah, you're definitely putting a certain kind of strain on this ship. Okay. And uh, the difficulty was originally three. It got bumped down to two because of uh, theory and a practice. So then we have three momentum more than we needed because we had five total. Yep. So uh, do we want to bank that or do we want to spend that on something, Nicole? Do we want to make it maybe make an advantage to counteract the complication some? I mean, you can also buy off a complication. That's true. That, that's always less fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. I can't think of anything good right now except for like stimulus to the plants healing itself. But I think then for the second side of things, could there be some kind of advantage where this plant is less likely now to um, to detonate? It's more a matter of can we save it or not? Uh, sure. So we're feeding these things maybe something like disarmed or something for the the plant yeah dampened maybe something like that yeah yeah that works for me okay i think then our our opening scene is where uh kai and verity are running like tricorders over top of one of these devices hooked into one of the like vine like conduits and then the lights flicker and we hear that like power off sound for a second that we're familiar with from star trek and then the lights like start flickering back on and Kai is looking up from the tricorder up towards the light. I sure hope the power doesn't uh, fluctuate on something more important. I mean, I am tempted to climb up there and take a look. And the lights? Or do you... This whole engine system they've got is just a giant tree to climb. I don't, I don't know how anything could possibly be more fun than this. I could think of a few things, but... <laughs> You're just sad that you can't reach the top. Well, I mean, I could, but also a skirt isn't the best thing to be climbing in. Hey, look, you chose that uniform. <laughs> I will confess to some disappointment that I didn't get to uh, take a closer look at the core itself. Well, we got to check that power fluctuation. I don't know that the troth would especially appreciate us digging that deep. About that time, the ship suddenly shudders. A lot. It doesn't feel the same as standard turbulence or even the sort of minor subspace bumps in the road that you have experienced from time to time in the last couple days. It feels more like 
an impact or something like that. Uh, the ship being buffeted by a powerful force. Did we hit something? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Is there like a window or anything nearby? Sure. Kai is going to walk over to the window and just sort of peer out, trying to see if there's some telltale sign of subspace anomaly, another ship, what have you. From this vantage point, you can see a couple of the Vezif ships. They seem to be moving along just just fine. As you wonder what may have happened, we smash cut to Endeavor's Bridge. Welcome to Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. We are a Star Trek Adventures actual play following the deep space mission of the USS Endeavor as it charts a new region of space several decades after the events of Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon, your GM for this mission. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Captain Varel. I'm Brad, and I play Commander Razum Mozafar. Hi everybody, I'm Christine, and I will be playing Lieutenant Kai. My name's Leah, and I'm playing Ensign Katarina Everly. The Compact, Part 3. Endeavor also shuddered violently. So, uh, I don't know, is Mozafar maybe in command right now? Yes. Uh, so yeah, so we see that Endeavor's bridge crew kind of has to brace against whatever just happened. Helm, what did we hit? I don't know. I don't see anything on my navigation charts. Is there, like, a sensor sweep or something? Uh, yeah. Who's at sensors right now if Kai is, uh, Kai's over there? Uh, if you want to invoke one of your other science officers, you can, but we can also have that be done from another console. Push it to security. Okay. So hit me, Leah, with a reason science, and that's assisted by the ship's sensors science. Difficulty on this is going to be two here i'll roll for the ship this time since this is normally my job <laughs> how'd the ship do before i roll these dice the ship rolled two cool okay i got one success so that's three successes awesome you do a sweep with the tactical sensors and you discover that the thing that hit you was a some kind of subspace uh, shockwave likely from a detonation of some kind a subspace weapon and now as you sort of realign the sensors you start to detect very subtle indications that you may have strayed into a minefield you get one bonus momentum from the high resolution sensors on the ship by the way which you can always use for a question too 
And that's outside of the bonus momentum from having three out of two successes. Yep. It's additional. Okay. So we'll bank that one and then can use that guy to ask. You could. Okay. So questions you could ask about the minefield could be things like, how large is it? How dense is it? Familiar technology. Okay. I I like how large is it? Can we tell? Like, did we just tiptoe over the line of the thing or are we kind of in it? As you examine the sensor readings, you initially only pick up a couple relatively close indications of other mines. They they appear to be using something resembling cloaking technology, albeit not quite the same as like Romulan cloaking technology. Mm-hmm. But as you sweep further, more and more pings keep popping up on your sensors. It looks like you've got a lot of mines coming online in all directions for at least several AU. Commander, we appear to have entered some sort of minefield, and it looks like there are quite a bit of mines. Uh, Sir, recommend that we come to a full stop for a second? Agree. I'll stop. How did we end up in a minefield? Yes, I'll stop. We should probably tell the other shippies. Yeah, comms notify the troth ship and the vessel ships. Communications sends that information to everybody. The Vezov ships come to a stop. They're, they're tacky on sails, folding into a, sort of an off position. Can we do a sensor sweep to see how long it would take us to go around this or whether we need to plow through this and s- basically sweep these mines out of, the, out of our way? I can try to chart us a course, says Lee. Looks like it could be kind of a mess, though. Give me options, people. So let's chart a course. Incidentally, what do you think um, about using the phasers to plow our way through this? You said these mines were like around, right? Like there were a whole bunch of them, right? Yep. So I'm worried about potentially setting off a chain reaction if we start doing that. Anybody else? Other options? Commander, says Tarek from Security Oversight. What our sensors picked up when Ensign Everly did the sweep suggests that these weapons were subspace weapons. They are illegal within Federation space. Because they do ravage subspace and make it difficult to pass. We should be careful about setting any more off. Over from communications, uh, Senna perks up a bit. Is that why this region of space is so full of so many anomalies? That is a possibility. And they've really messed up their space, haven't they? Well, we have a subspace tunneler. Is there any way to use that? It sounds like a Kai question to me. It does sound like a Kai question to me. We need to get Kai back over here to see. Should we just open a channel in between the two ships so that we can talk freely amongst ourselves? Yeah, let's have comms contact the captain and Kai. All right, Endeavor to Captain Varel. <laughs> Report, Endeavor. You're on, Commander. Captain, it appears that we are in a subspace minefield that stretches several AU in every direction. I'm having instantly chart a course around, but at the same time, this it would take an extremely long amount of time to do so. It is proposed maybe for, um, if Kai is there, would it be possible to use our subspace tunneler to repulse these subspace mines? Is that something that would be possible? Kai can check into that. Has anyone from the 
Vesif or the Troth made any indications that they know of these mines or how to deal with them? Uh, no, we've had no indication of that yet, but we can do some communications to find out if they know anything of it. Let's check in with our various contacts first to see if anyone knows any details about these mines? Is it something that traveling through subspace they would be activated, or is it traveling through normal space that they're activated? See what else they know about the technology overall. Yeah, what do they detect? What do they trigger on? Because might be we can give them different bait. Either that or we need some way to, to move or circumvent them. Let's do a little bit of research first. Um, I'll talk to the trough that was the Celta. And, Mozafar, why don't you get in contact with the Vezif? Sure thing. We'll bring up uh, Ambassador Krill. Do you mind if I come with, uh, Captain? That would probably be useful, because if we do need to convert the transwarp tunneler, you're going to need to know more details. Yes. I'm glad you thought of the idea of maybe that would set them off, because uh, my initial thought was um, to maybe use it to help pull one out so we could study it from subspace, but your idea is probably safer. Right, so we're going to go find the Celta. Archer, out. I imagine everybody who can help on this trough ship is helping. So do we find the Celta hip deep in some sappy tree fluids yeah probably she's sometimes been on the bridge when needed but other times she's been monitoring and and assisting with the various repairs and uh, pruning that is needed to be done i'd like to drop out of a tree branch (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) yeah you drop out of a branch and it looks really cool (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah so one of those like hooked on my knees and then I just sort of like do a little loop spin as I swing down and I, I land somewhere that's not too sticky and I say, Celta. And then meanwhile, just like a door opens on the other side and Kai steps through mm-hmm. normally. <laughs> I'm telling you, these Jeffrey's tubes are the best thing ever. Are you going to start growing plants inside of ours? Maybe. Captain Varel. So... What do you know about subspace mines? <sighs> I was afraid of this. We are surrounded. This region of space has a lot of minefields. Old weapons from an old war. Your old war or somebody else's? Um, some troth fought in it, but it was not exclusively just us. Do you know how to deal with these mines? We try to be careful to avoid any areas that they may exist. That's off the table. Do you know perhaps what triggers them or of a means to detect them? They're drawn to operational warp drives and similar things. Usually, if you get too close, that will set one off and it sends a signal to all of its fellows to encircle the target. Strange that they're here, though. I thought this route was clear. Are they easy to move? They're not easy, but they are not unheard of to move. Okay, then how do you move them? What are the stories you've heard? I personally haven't really seen it done. Some troth claim that they know how, but it's a guarded secret. Dulk is probably friends with some of those troth, unfortunately. I take it you you are not. No. My kin often have better things to do than 
relocating ancient minefields. Kai places her, her webbed hands on her hips. She's she's thinking. Do you know how to detect them? I can send your ship some information. They have stealth technology, but we've at least found a way to circumvent that for the most part, for what it's worth. Okay. It's a start. If we have to carefully weave our way through these, it's going to be pretty slow going. I don't think the Vezif are going to be too happy about those delays. It's also is dangerous because there are seven ships we'd have to navigate through. But I'm also thinking if we can find them, then I might be able to gather some more information about them and maybe try to re-engineer a means to move them without setting them off. I'll make sure to get your ship all the information I have, but... I do have to warn you, I've seen ships destroyed by these things. If you take too direct a hit, that can cause a chain reaction that will uh, tear your ship apart. Best not get hit then. Might need to reallocate some uh, manpower over to that. Do you think your caretakers are going to be able to handle it from here? They can keep things uh, managed for now. All right. We'll start working on the mine situation then. All right. We'll do all we can to help. So we're calling Ambassador Krill up to the bridge so we can use him to speak with the Vesif as well. Krill arrives on the bridge. Krill basically knows whatever you're, you'll be able to get from the other Vesif ships. So he basically knows what Celta had told you as well. Okay. He doesn't have much new information. Their ships are a little more successful at like navigating these minefields sometimes because they use tachyon sails rather than like a warp core or equivalent. But the mine detonations are still pretty damaging and they will happen. Yeah, we can't just put put around on impulse. Yeah, they just don't track it so well. Now, the Vezif know one thing or have went one skill different from the Troth. If they are traveling through subspace in the area with mines like these, are they safe? They are sometimes safe. <laughs> The mines exist in real space. They're not like in subspace. Oh, that's my confusion. There we go. Yeah, they tear apart subspace, but they're not in subspace. Uh... I, I, I made the same mistake earlier. Yeah, sorry. I could have clarified that more. They are, they are subspace weapons in that the way they detonate is built to particularly affect subspace. Got it, got it, got it. I was like, wouldn't it be worse? <laughs> I get it now. They do leave a, a lasting, you know, situation with subspace this is for anybody who's curious we mainly have seen this in star trek insurrection yep um they have to eject the the core of the enterprise just to make a thing not kill them yeah to make one of these not kill them they're probably smaller yield but you know all right so are we are we on to solving the problem then yeah i think so let's all get back together okay traumatic conference room time I got, I got to gather some info first. What info do you want to gather? I was just thinking that uh, with the information that they beamed over, we could do those scans and see if we could locate the nearest mine in order to see where that is so we could get closer to it. And That's what I want to try to gather info on. If they have a means to detect it, I want to see if uh, we scan one of these. What does it do? What can we find out? Okay. 
Celta sends information about how to better detect them. It's trivial to calibrate your sensors based upon that so that you can clearly detect them. They are using, like Celta said, some sort of stealth technology to try to make it harder to detect them. So it's still a bit of a challenge, but you are able to to do so more reliably. I guess, Christine, if you want to scan them for more detail after that point, give me a reason science assisted by the ship's sensors science. Okay. I'll roll for the ship. Yeah, this one's going to be a two based upon the fact that you have useful information from the trough. Okay, does subspace theory apply for this? I think I'm going to say no, because I think this is more about getting the specs of the mine. Okay, but testing a theory probably does apply because I've done and succeeded on science sensors roles already this adventure. Yeah, it seems fair. I'm not going to mess around this time. I'm going to give you two threat, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So difficulty is down to one... So I have four successes because I rolled one, plus the ship is five. Cool. You scanned the crap out of that mine. We have what then? Four for momentum over. Yep. You've got fairly detailed specs. Plus high resolution sensors. Yeah, plus me being a science officer. So many momentum. Ask a lot. Of, well, we can use them to buy off some threat. Mm-hmm. But Never. I'm going to get Brandon over 20 today. Okay, so we need to ask some questions about the mine. So how to disable it? I guess we can ask that question. That might be too broad or too much of the, hey, what's the answer to this? Is there a frequency we can pulse out of the deflector dish that will inert the mine? That sounded kind of sciencey, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I was going to ask similar questions to deal with chronotons and a tunneler. So uh, sure. How do we disarm these mines? It looks like they were designed specifically that without a disarm function. You certainly could obviously probably find other ways to bypass that, but there's not a uh, there's not an off switch, even an off switch that is like password protected or something. How can we mask their ability to detect us? I think I know the answer to this, but it unfortunately won't won't help us. Their sensor arrays are fairly involved, and they detect targets through a variety of means, including the presence of mass. The things that are going to be the longest range are keyed onto basically the sort of subspace distortion that comes from the way that warp drives usually work. Uh, For instance, basically, you'd have to stop it from being able to tell that you have a warp core or an active warp core. It is possible you'd be able to create enough sensor interference to at least shorten their range. That could be useful. Okay, that's plan C. How can we move these mines? So the mines seem to um, have some propulsion of their own in order to get closer to targets and, and track targets that another mine in the network has has noticed. So they will move if they think there's a target somewhere else. You also could probably relocate them the hard way with like a tractor beam as long as you could get close enough, which would take some doing without the mine going off, but is not impossible. And by some doing, I mostly mean like some piloting, maybe modifications to a shuttle or something. That gives us a lot to work with. Yeah. Do we want to save the rest of the momentum? I think our pool's already at five, right? We're at five. Okay. So yeah, so we can only save one of these three anyway. I say we create an advantage of some kind. What are you thinking? Since they're so old, maybe their parts of them are faulty. So maybe the advantage is something like... I don't know, ancient or something. 
expired warranty. (laughs) (laughs) So something of that vein to kind of represent these things are old. They might be more temperamental in our favor. Yeah, that works for me. The problem would be we'd lose it. I was like, I wanted to send like a decoy to like scoot mines like to the left if we were going on the right. But if the decoy gets blown up too quick, we won't get through. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the possibilities here. Well, I mean, Locke makes decoys. <laughs> Locke, can you make 72 decoys? <laughs> I think for the final momentum, I am going to spend it just for my own curiosity and it's something Kai would look into. How would these mines react to chronotons? Like a chronoton burst or something? Yeah. Because we use that to shield us from subspace turbulence and gravimetric wake and stuff like that. Is that something that might insulate or or protect us in some way or have a an effect on the mind's ability to trigger? Basically, more of a defensive option or a bypass option. You don't think it would do anything to the mines just by bursting it at the mine, but there is a possibility that if you could generate a significant enough chronoton field you might be able to largely mitigate some of the worst effects of a detonation, though to protect the entire little convoy you have would be a tall order. Not necessarily impossible, but a tall order. Okay. All right. Now let's do our conference room scene. So Lee will go first, just so you have this stuff on the table. He has replicated some paper charts, mostly for his own gratification. And it looks like he's scribbled on them a bunch with some kind of pen. But thankfully, he has uploaded, he has scanned them into the computer again so that he can show you on the conference room view screen thing. He says, okay, I've charted us a few courses out of here, maybe. And he throws a, a map up on the screen in the conference room it shows this area of space and as we talked about last time large areas where subspace is just like severely damaged to the degree that it's hard to pass through them which has been sort of shunting you on certain more narrow courses so far and will continue to do so you see that the path to get to the swarm is a very winding one as the straight line distance is mostly severely damaged to subspace You also see that the uh, path to the nebula is a little bit off of that course, but a little closer. He says, okay, based upon our scans, as best we've been able to pick up, it looks like the minefield gets denser towards the nebula. It's going to be risky that way. I might have a course through it, but chances of success here without punching a few holes in the hull are like low-ish. I don't want to put a percentage on it. That's not really my deal, but it's low. Can I get us there in one piece? Probably. Will that piece be in mint condition? No. If we just don't want to deal with that, I have a slightly more optimistic course that will kind of take us in a different direction, but uh, I think can get us out of the minefield with hopefully mostly just superficial damage. I mean, it's still going to shake us around a bunch, so like... Ask Dr. Harcrow to inoculate you if you have motion sickness problems, but, you know, that's what I've got. All right. I've included the Vezov ships and the Troth ship in, in these estimates. It does make things a bit harder, but 
as long as they're willing to link their navigation systems to ours, I think we can get everybody out of here. Well, maybe there's something we can do to increase our odds. We have a couple possibilities here. Unfortunately, disarming them isn't possible. Uh, I couldn't find any any means to to do so without them detonating. However, the sensor arrays on the mines do detect mass and power signatures. Is there uh, their means by which they track? It might be possible we can create some sort of sensor interference to shorten their range, or we might be able to manufacture some kind of antimatter, I guess, flares for lack of a better term to maybe draw them away in certain directions. Okay, that gives us some options to manipulate things. Everly, what do you think about our tactical situation with the threat of Doc looming as well? I will say I'm a little concerned about moving too slowly in terms of being followed. However, as has been pointed out a number of times, moving too quickly would probably not be great either. Sir, I don't have a great answer. The assessment's good. Okay. So what I'm thinking is we can, for aim-wise, between the two different paths that Lee has charted, we can either focus on assisting the Troth allies to the Nebula to fix their ship, or we can focus on assisting the Vezith to get through the mines more quickly but we would have to either leave the Troth ship uncombative or split ways so they can chart their way through the to the nebula. I will speak with Celta again if we decide to go through the shorter path. I do like the idea of working on a way to adjust the tunneler to give us and whoever's closest near us a little bit more protection from these mines that's something i can definitely do captain we are running on limited choices though so or limited resources so i guess it becomes a question of who are we helping out more that part sounds like a more the command level decision i will add for the chronoton field chronotons have a tendency to make things weird as we witnessed back with the ganymede so fair warning it will help protect us, but I don't know what side effects will happen as a result of manipulating them that way. Tarek speaks up. Is it possible to use the tunneler to form a more direct course to our destination? I was thinking about that, but from what I could see, the problem is we travel through real space when we do that. We're not in subspace. So if we try to tunnel our way through the mines, we're probably going to set them off. I don't know for sure what tachyons would do to them. Can you find out the answer to that question? I can do an experiment. Just um, hopefully it won't set off one of the mines. But I, I can, I'll conduct a test and uh, report back. All right. Let's see what happens with those mines and tachyons. If we can create a shorter way through, that's worth doing at least for the time being. Everly, I'm going to put you in command of the bridge at the moment. And Mozafar, could you stay behind? Yes, sir. Yes, Captain. All right, dismissed. Everybody leaves other than Mozafar. I suspect 
we may have to take over the Celta's compact with the Vezith. I don't know what that means for their ship. I agree. I'm not seeing much of an option for them at this point or for us at this point to help them get to that nebula and to fulfill their contract. Well, we could get them there, but with the potential damage to the Endeavor, I'm concerned that Doc would take that opportunity to ambush us. I concur. The further we get into this minefield, the more likely it is for him to attack. There is also the risk that traveling through subspace, we are pretty visible targets. We need to come up with a couple more defensive options or a couple of tricks up our sleeve. During Kai's research into this mine, if it does explode, I wonder if we could get a little bit more accurate reading of what the radius of effect is. There is also the potential of moving some of those mines ourselves and maybe setting up a reverse ambush. I was thinking the same thing. Plus, I would hate just to leave these things here. Mines are a horrible thing to just leave around, especially with us coming out into this area of space. We definitely need to mark this and let everybody know. But the more of these things we can clear or get rid of it while we're here, I'd feel better for that. If you could work with Everly to come up with some tactical scenarios where we could set up an ambush or maybe lure Doc in, we can deal with that problem and maybe have eat our cake and have it too, as they say. (laughs) I like that. Definitely. Okay. I think that's really all I had to say at the moment. But I think then maybe our next uh, our next little, I don't know if it's a scene per se, but a, maybe a shot of a probe leaving Endeavor to fly towards one of the mines and uh, fire off like a makeshift tachyon emitter to see how these things react to it. Over there, away from us. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously away, for, away from us. And probably sensors are on the mine as well in case it does detonate for uh, research purposes. Yeah. You fire out the probe. The probe goes out to one of one of the mines that's a decent distance away, I assume, and uh, shoots some tachyons at it. Are you trying to make the probe look like something particular? Like, are you trying to mimic a warp drive or something, or just shoot a tachyon stream? I think just shoot a tachyon stream for right now. That might be the subsequent test, or you know, you gotta have controls. All right, do those set them off? The answer is no. Okay, what if they're being you know, it does it do anything to dampen them if they're being fired by something that otherwise would send it off. Okay. So when the probe gets near the mine and zaps it with some tachyons, the mine doesn't really respond to the tachyon pulse. Okay. Well, it's good news for us, right? That is. That means it's not like using the tunneler is going to set them off. And then I guess the... Subsequent test then would be probably a different like retrofitted probe or something we can essentially mimic something going at warp firing tachyons. Because reminder, we can't use the tunneler at uh, impulse velocities. We have to be going warp five or faster. Yep. And we're already in the minefield, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you fire off this probe and as soon as the probe looks like it goes to warp, 
the nearest mine does like vector in on it and explode at this range the endeavor trembles a little bit but it's not in actual danger your shields protect you it just minor turbulence and as it's going off we'll try to get some uh some scans directed that way to see basically exactly what kind of damage it is the rate you know the the radius of the explosion etc just giving us more data for all right if one of these does go off how do we keep it from killing us yeah yeah you get all that information the radius is several thousand kilometers it does leave detectable sort of distortion in subspace though one detonation alone doesn't seem to like totally ravage subspace to a dangerous degree but a lot of detonations in a small area would okay so then kai's report would be we could use the tunneler however we can't be at the necessary warp speeds in order to create one while we travel basically without setting off the the mine since they're attracted to to warp power can we reconfigure the tunneler to um, emit tachyons at lower speeds? I could try, but I don't know how long that would take. This technology was designed to work at warp five or faster speeds. At lower speeds, we found a lot more, um, well, problems. Basically, we then wouldn't be exiting the section of space we are manipulating faster than we're, than we're creating it. So we might end up destroying ourselves that way. The mines not have to may not have to do a thing. What's everybody else doing while Kai is running these experiments? Varel is coordinating with the Celta and the Vezif, basically laying out the situation to them, inquiring if the Celta would prefer to get to the nebula or to follow the shorter course. And based on that answer coming up with some other ideas. Okay. What about Mozafar and Everly? Everly sent at least five different 25th century gifts to Lee's station of like Snoopy the Red Baron piloting. <laughs> Lots of pilot-based gifts to his station. But that only... Honestly, I was going to start sending it during that meeting, but I felt like that would be distracting. <laughs> but that only took a couple seconds. I... Want to know what Mozafar wants to do before I say the rest of my thing? I figured we'd meet to go over some tactical options for the arrival of Dak in the middle of a minefield. Because what I was going to say is I was hoping that Everly Everly wanted to talk to Torek to help her understand some of those tactical things. Because I was asked a tactical question and like could not come up with an answer. Cool. So let's let's do Everly and Torek. So I guess we're hanging out in a room on the bridge. I don't know where people hang out. Lieutenant, I'm trying to figure out the best way to determine how long it is safe for us to stay here before we start making moves. I don't want to be a sitting duck, for lack of a better word. Tarek raises an eyebrow at that particular figure of speech. Nolinson, it stands to reason that we can make certain assumptions based upon our previous tactical encounter. You inflicted significant damage to certain systems aboard their ship. They will need time to repair that before they can offer significant resistance to us. However, we do not know how skilled their engineers are. It's true. I'm also a little concerned about maybe like a revenge shot coming through. 
I hit them slightly harder than I intended, sir. If you are concerned that they will try to aim at you personally, I suspect their sensors are not high enough resolution. Yes, that makes sense. I was attempting humor, did that? Oh! Uh, yes, no, it... You know how it is, sir, between (laughs) an empath and a Vulcan. (laughs) Sometimes the translation just doesn't work properly. To be fair, most of my people do not see much purpose to humor. However, I have found that it is an important mechanism of the way that Endeavor's crew operates. I certainly rely on it, sir, so I appreciate your effort. What other concerns do you have, Ensign? I don't know if I'm necessarily just twitchy, but I kind of feel like... It just feels like going straight through is going to be the only way that this works. But going straight through also seems to be the riskiest state. And trying to balance my instinct to want to just push forward with my more tactical side of my brain holding me back is a little rocky right now. That is an understandable dilemma. Mm. And I'm wondering where you sit with it? My concern is for the ship and its well-being and that of its crew. At some point, we may have to accept that we do not have all the answers and choose the option which gives us the greatest probability of survival. Presently, we do not have enough information to know what our probability of survival is were Duck to show up and attack again. That situation differs dramatically depending on if he has other allies or merely his own ship alone. We can, however, make certain guesses, certain estimates about our odds of surviving the minefield in various circumstances. (sighs) I just prefer to have all the answers at once. Sorry, sir. (laughs) There's no apology necessary, Ensign. Unfortunately, this is a common dilemma in Starfleet. Yeah, I'm starting to pick up on that. It is, I believe, the sort of situation that has led Starfleet Academy to continue to administer the Kobayashi Maru. And that is maybe not the best excuse, but it's definitely one of the reasons why I did not participate in that particular experiment. Ensign, this may seem to be a somewhat, I think the phrase is, out of left field question. Uh Uh-oh. What do you think the next step in your Starfleet career is? Uh... Incomplete transparency, sir. That is not something I have actually given any thought, which seems not smart, but I would argue that it was a tactical move of my own at the time. And I think potentially, if we make it out of this, I will give it a bit, if we, when we, when we make it out of this, um, I will probably start giving it a bit more thought, sir. I think that would be wise, Ensign. So about that time, you hear over the ship's intercom, Uh, Krill to, uh, e- Everly and Mozafar, um, can you come to Cargo Bay 3, please? On my way. He better not have another problem <laughs> for us. <laughs> Ambassador Krill, be there momentarily. Let's cut to the cargo bay, where Everly and Mozafar arrive, presumably. Yep. Yes. I'll say that the two of you basically reach the door, the corridor, uh, the door in the corridor, 
about the same time, probably coming from different directions, depending on wherever you were on the ship. Fancy meeting you here, sir. Wonder what Curl has to say. You step up to the door close enough that the door opens, and it opens and you see that someone, not mentioning any names, has moved various uh, cargo containers in the bay into sort of a long makeshift table. There are about 10-ish Vezif in here. It looks like somebody has been replicating a bunch of silverware, and they are having a feast, basically, of replicated metal. A lot of Vezif look more or less the same to you, but you can pick out Krill because he's the one with the comm badge. All the other Vezif are, like, talking animatedly, but it's sort of in their own language and, and hard to sort of parse even with the UT right now. As you enter the room, Krill skitters up to the two of you. Uh, I have some guests over. They're, well, uh, good news and bad news. Okay. Good news, they like your cuisine. Bad news, they're getting restless. Would they like a different type of flatware to munch on? Like a nice cake server? Krill, what are we looking at here? I, I, I mean... I don't know what that is, but it sounds tasty. Uh, I mean, they're getting impatient with being stopped here. They're nervous that we'll be caught and attacked again. I fear that they will try to go on their own if we don't go soon. I think Everly goes to open her mouth and then stops because she remembers that the commander is here. Yeah, I see. Uh, Definitely, we are going to be moving soon. How soon? We're working on it. They want some kind of answer from me. I don't know what to tell them. This isn't normally my job. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Welcome to being an ambassador. Out of curiosity, how would they negotiate the minefield that we're in? They claim their pilots are good enough. Some think that because of their tachyon sails, they will not attract the mines as much as your ship does. I don't know if that's true, but they think it's true. I was going to say, think or have proof. Have they done it before? Krill makes a shrugging motion. <laughs> It's fair. I don't think we have much time left before they start to run for it. I just hope that we don't get super blown up in the process. I don't want to get super blown up. Now that's the concern. Their ships are less likely to attract these mines than our ship would with their sails, but with the density of the mines out there, they're taking a would be taking a huge risk. Uh, perhaps I should speak with them. You can try. I hope you can convince them. We have a few options, Zelda. You can join us on this ship. We can let your ship heal itself. Would you like us to complete escorting you to the nebula? Or is it more of a priority that we escort the Vezith to their destination? The terms of our compact with the Vezith were such that we couldn't not go. At least, unless... Captain, you've done a great deal to help us. You did enter into a compact with us, but I do not feel compelled to hold you to it. You didn't necessarily know all of the details. I'm still determined to assist your ship in the best way possible. That may mean drawing fire elsewhere. The only way my ship can abandon this escort duty is if we were able to pass on the compact to another uh, a kinship. 
But none of our kinships are anywhere near here. Endeavor could stay with the Vezif if your ship splits off to the nebula. Endeavor is not kin. At least, well... Would you stay with us on Endeavor? I can't leave my ship. Is it a physiological reason? There are a variety of reasons, some of them more physiological than others. I do have one other idea. Go ahead. Thank you for listening to this episode of Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. If you like the show, rate, share, and subscribe through your podcast vendor of choice. You can also find us on Twitter as at Endeavor Show. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-U-R-S-H-O-W. And you can find me on Twitter at Blue of the Kin. You can find me online at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, T-H, and night with a K. You can find Brandon and me discovering the ways of the Force on Heroes of the Hydean Way, a Star Wars actual play podcast at thehydeanway.com or at thehydeanway on Twitter. And if you like Vikings and Norse mythology, check out another one of my shows, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e Midgard podcast, Omens Call, which can be found at Omens Call Pod on Twitter or at omenscall.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can find me on all the socials at Leah617. Usually I'm on Twitter, RT and stuff that makes me laugh. Come say hi there. You can also check out mischiefmedia.com for the other nerdy podcasts that I currently produce or uh, host. And you can find me, Brad, on Twitter at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E number one. My Twitter is at CompleteNictory. You can find other projects I'm involved in at completenight.com. That's C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E-K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you out there. I'm getting all up in this plant's ectoplasma. Ectoplasma? Electroplasma. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a ghost plant. <laughs> what did I ghost say? Plant. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. And then the lights like start flickering back on as we, we enter the, the ghost portion of our episode just for Leah. <laughs> <laughs> what part of I died a lot today? In a frame or two at the end of the corridor, there is a silhouette of somebody who isn't there when the lights come back on fully. <laughs> So that I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> several AU. Oh my god, several alternate universes. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it's a very big minefield. Right, I'm gonna guess in that scene. Yeah, in that scene. <laughs> I was like, are you guys back on Endeavor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have a cool, like, you know, uh, Varel points to the nearest tree, Jeffrey's tube, and Kai like shakes her head and walks out the door, but <laughs> Captain, why are you covered in sap? <laughs> it's not like this everywhere. Well, didn't we determine back in mission number three, whenever you go camping, you just like trash your uniform or whatever, get it covered in dirt? Probably. So same thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. This is this is like as close to a camping trip in space as she's gotten. It's wonderful. It's like we have a moment later on where like Verity pops out of the uh, the tree Jeffrey's tubes. 
and she's got like some of the sap in her uniform and then Kaidus reaches out and plucks like a stick out of Verity's hair. <laughs> I think I have variably, I think at one point he was Lieutenant Commander and then I have just kind of like demoted him as when I talk about him. <laughs> I thought he was Lieutenant Commander. I think he's probably a Lieutenant Commander. Okay. Because if he if he's taking over the bridge and stuff like that, we only have one other lieutenant commander so far in the ship and a shit ton of lieutenants. So, mm-hmm. so just a uh, lieutenants all the way down. No, this whole ship. <laughs> Give us a commander. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Endeavor. 